Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. All right, church family, I want to share a message today. God has blessed America. I want us to go to this first scripture that I have for you today, and I want you to see this is the reason why that God has blessed America. Look, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Why has God blessed America? Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I want to take just a few minutes as we, as I intro into my message today, to remind us who we are, to remind us how we arrived at this place, to remember the greatness of God, the faithfulness of God in establishing this nation. We have so much to be thankful for. We're here gathered together today. I, I, I love having this combined service. It's kind of good to see everybody, isn't it? And have everyone here to be in the same place at the same time. We're going to enjoy some, some hot dogs and come back in and, and sit down and have some fellowship. But right now, I want us to take a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. I believe it's very important to recognize, I want you to hear these words, the gift that we've been given to live in this great nation. I don't say other nations are not great. And God, I believe God loves every nation equally. But I'm going to tell you. When you study history, real history, the original documents, not edited things, you cannot miss the fact of this nation is a miracle that God created. We need to understand we live in a miracle. We need to understand who God is and what he's doing, and the privileges that we have. We need to understand that this nation is blessed. God has blessed America. We say, God bless America. I say it all the time. But I'm going to tell you, God has blessed America. God has been good to America. God's hand has been on us. And I want you to see that. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 34. Proverbs 14, 34, the Passion Translation says, A nation is exalted by the righteousness of its people, but sin heaps disgrace upon the land. Did you get that verse? Why has America been blessed of God? We chose him as our God. We were founded on the belief that he is God and that his hand is on this nation. The word of God tells us again today, a nation is exalted by the righteousness of his people. How we live, the righteousness of a nation, the choices a nation makes, its people, not its government, not a few people, but as the people of God, righteousness exalts a nation. God longs to bless nations. God longs to partner with nations to do his will on the earth. And as we read in scripture, the nation is blessed, lifted, to exalt means to be lifted up by righteousness. What tears a nation down? It's not a particular party or this or that. It's the sin and the life of a nation that robs it of the favor of God. So I know that God has blessed America. But I want to make a statement to you today. I believe God has a covenant with America. Have you ever thought about that? I believe God has a covenant with this nation. Not just individual people. Not political parties that men have created. But I believe God has a covenant with this nation. I didn't give this scripture to my, to my team. But let me read this to you. Listen to this verse. This is Acts chapter 17. In verse number 26, listen to this. From one man, God made every nation of men. Listen to this. That they should inhabit the whole earth. And he, God, determined the times set for them and the exact place 
where they should be. God set the time and the place and the purpose for the nations. I believe the origin of this nation was set by God. I believe God has a covenant with this nation. Do you know why? Because he has a purpose for this nation. He has chosen this nation. There are others can be a part. But he has chosen this nation to do some unique things in this world. And we need to remember that. We need to recognize that. I would say not only is there a covenant God has with America, I, I want to tell you this. If a generation forfeits the covenant and the blessing of God, God is patient enough to wait on another generation to fulfill his purposes in this land. Okay? Everybody still with me? He has a covenant with his purpose for America. America's a miracle. If you study the history of this nation, if you look at its origin and where we came from and what we faced and how we arrived, uh, uh, um, America's a miracle. There's no other nation on the planet that began like this one began. If you look at our founding fathers, we're going to look at a couple of things. If you look at the foundations of this nation, the constitution of this nation that was based on the Bible. There has never been another nation founded, started, rooted in the Word of God as the direction for how they would govern itself. It's a miracle. It's a unique place. Our, our, the early obstacles America faced, those who tried to hijack the purposes of God, those who tried to pull it away from God's intention, and here we are. We have a, hear this word, stewardship. That we will handle, that we will understand and recognize this nation that God has put us in. Look at the Mayflower Compact with me. This covenant made with the early founders of God in this nation. Upon landing on our shores in 1620, the first settlers declared this compact, this covenant with God. In the name of God, amen, we whose names are underwritten have undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith do by these presents solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body. Our forefathers stated they came to America for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. There's no other nation whose origin reads as such who began with a covenant before Almighty God. Now, I want you to understand this. Let's look at a couple more things maybe you haven't read. read. Some of our founding fathers. I'll just do a few things. I, I, I believe it's important, you know, education and knowledge is power. How many hear what I'm saying? We need to understand some things. Let's go to our next screen. Just, just a few things. L look at this. Uh, Declaration of Independence. Well, let me, let me see. What I want here, guys, is uh, some of the Founding Fathers quotes, screens two and three that I gave you. All right? Uh, here, let me read those. This will work. This is John Quincy Adams. From the time of the Declaration of Independence, the American people were bound by the laws of God and the laws of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which they all acknowledge as the root of their conduct. We all came together to obey the word of God. Patrick Henry stated, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religion, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, it, it, it's stunning. Uh, look at this. We, we begin two decades after we started. Uh, let, let's look at the Declaration of Independence. We all came to these parts of America with one and the same end and aim, namely to advance the kingdom 
of our Lord Jesus Christ and to enjoy the liberties of the gospel in purity and in peace. And then look at this. When in the course of human events, this is our Constitution, preamble, it becomes necessary, this, 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 well, let me say, this is what was stated as we broke away and became an independent nation. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. You cannot read for a moment the beginning and the founding of this nation without seeing their recognition of God. Not all these Christian founders, not every man who signed the Constitution was a Christian. You need to understand that. Not all these men were godly men. But the amazing thing is that even in their unregenerate state, now many were Christians. You've read their quotes. Some were not. But the thing that's amazing to me is that they all understood that to found a nation, to have this opportunity to do something that had never been done before, a democratic society, that the ideas and the thoughts and the laws of man were never going to be enough. They determined we can never design the government and the direction for a nation based on who we are and what we know and what we can agree upon. And so Christian and non-Christian agree that if this nation will ever be what it should be and what we dream, we will go to the Word of God. We will put the Bible front and center. We will base our laws on the Word of God. We will base what we believe on His Word, and we will follow that. This is a nation founded not upon men, but on the Word of God. Not upon the wisdom of men and governments, but upon the Word of God. America was an experiment that has worked because they honored God in these things. George Washington, our first president, how many hear some things you don't hear very often? Well, you need to hear it anyway. George Washington. Let's look at some of his quotes. Here he is. Look at this. It's impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Wouldn't you like to hear some more of this stuff? The propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disres or disregards the eternal rules of order and right which heaven itself has ordained. Everything woven into their consciousness. What would God do? What does his word say? Make sure you're doing what God wants you to do. Then do it with all your strength. What students would learn in America's schools above all is the religion of Jesus Christ. It is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of almighty God. To obey his will. To be grateful for his benefits. And humbly implore his protection and favor. Do we have any more of his next screen? Here we go. Speaking of himself, the general hopes and trust that every officer and man will endeavor to live and act as becomes a Christian soldier defending the dearest rights and liberties of this country. He said, if we're going to win this battle of independence, we're going to do it as Christian men. If to please the people we offer what we ourselves disapprove, how can we afterwards defend our work? Let us raise a standard to which the wise and honest can repair. The rest is in the hands of God. Finally, no people can be bound to acknowledge the invisible hand 
which conducts the affairs of men more than the people of the United States. Every step by which they have advanced to the character of an independent nation seems to have been distinguished by some token of providential agency. In our language today, it's impossible to explain the miracle of America without recognizing the hand of Almighty God. We are blessed by God. We were founded by men who understood the absolute importance of serving God. God's intervention at times was undeniable. Even in in the War of Independence, we shouldn't have won that war. We were outnumbered. We were outgunned. We were out. uh, We did not have the resources and the money. We didn't have an army that had been trained and ready to engage in that. But by the mercy and sovereign grace of God, he allowed this nation to rise up and begin to fulfill its purposes. Ben Franklin, one of the great founders of this nation, who claimed himself to be a deist. In other words, he said, I'm not a Christian. I'm a deist. A deist is someone who says, I believe there is a a higher power somewhere, but he doesn't interact with man. I believe that he's someone that, uh, that can exist, someone that is there, but how does he help us? I want you to see his quote when he finally had to say this. Ben Franklin, he says, uh, what do we see? He said, then came the Revolutionary War. It's weighed along with the shock of victory and independence made Franklin think that God, in some mysterious way, must be moving in American history. Here's the quote of a deist, a non-believer. The longer I live, he told the delegates in Philadelphia, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth. God governs in the affairs of men. He repeatedly cited verses from the Bible, the non-believer, to make his case, quoting Psalm 127, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. I would say this. It was Ben Franklin, the deist, a non-believer at the Continental Congress when they could not find a way to write our Constitution who said, have we forgotten the God who brought us here? They, they adjourned for three days to pray and fast at the request of a non-believer because of his recognition of God and came back and constructed our Constitution. I'm going to tell you, when we sit in this moment today, We've been blessed of God. There's so much to be thankful for. See, again, these original founders weren't perfect men. There's some of the things that were in in all the systems of this world that were a part of the founding of this nation. But I want to tell you something. God has always been able to use imperfect men to fulfill his will. When you read through the Bible, he took Cyrus, the heathen king, who allowed God's people to return back to Israel and rebuild the nation. God will look for those he can use whether they understand or even know what his purpose is. I want you to understand the blessing of God is that men from every area said, if this nation will succeed, it's founded on the word of God. We have been blessed because of that. America has been blessed. Greatness is the ability to correct your wrongs. There were some injustices that had to be dealt with. There were some things that needed to be changed. I'm thankful in this nation that slavery ended and that no longer part of our nation. I'm thankful that women's rights have been restored in this nation and we're still working and we're still moving and and, and we're still going in the right direction. Our strength has been from God. When early on this nation was visited by a Frenchman, a statesman of that nation, trying to understand why is America great? Look at this. 
The, uh, the French writer said, after visiting America, I sought for the greatness of the United States in her commodious harbors, her ample rivers, her fertile fields, and boundless forests, and it was not there. I sought for it in her rich mines, her vast world commerce, her public school system, and in her institutions of higher learning, and it was not there. I looked for it in her democratic congress and her matchless constitution, and it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and her power. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. It is the word of Almighty God. And whatever we do in this nation... We must stand on the Word of God. We must boldly proclaim the Word of God. We must not allow someone to rob us of who we are and turn us away from the blessing of God. See, what was the result? What was the result of a nation founded on the Word of God, of men and women who believed there could be more than where they came from? A democracy was created. Freedom was created. Equality was created. Uh, unalienable rights were given to one. We created a free market economy. We're not socialists. We're not socialism. We're not in communism. We don't have any isms. We believe that God has blessed us with gifts and talents and abilities. And in this nation with our free market system, any man, any woman from anywhere can come here and reach their dream. This nation... Unlike any nation in the world has a middle class, which is the largest part of its nation. Do you know when you go to the third world nations of the world, there's a very tiny, ultra-rich, which own almost everything. Everyone else usually is poor and struggling and very few middle class. But in this nation... Where any man, any woman can serve their God and dream their dream. This is the nation of the common man. This is the nation of the middle class. This is the nation where we work together, pray together, live together, love together. And God uses us to do great things. We're the envy of the world. People do anything to come in this nation. People pay any price. They send their children to be educated in this nation. It's a great nation. And we're thankful and blessed because of God. I want you to know why America is great and I believe the covenant with God is that we have exported the gospel to the nations of the world. We're going to do it again this week. We've exported the gospel to the nations of the world. Hear me, men and women of God. No nation on this planet has ever sent missionaries like this nation sends missionaries. No nation on this planet has ever put the millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars into sending the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. We have built churches on every continent. We have preached the gospel almost to every language. We have given compassion. We have fed the hungry and built the hospitals and, and lifted men and women up and bored wells where there was no water. Why? We did it in the name of Jesus. We sent our brightest and best young men and women to preach the gospel. There is no gospel sending nation on the planet like the United States of America. God has blessed America. Anybody still with me on this today? We send hope. We send freedom. America's had to lead the way in fighting the world wars. Why? Because we believe that 
dictators and despots were not good enough and we joined with our allies and defeated our enemies and then rebuilt their economy after we defeated them. There's nothing like this nation. I can tell you, if some people said, well, we, 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 you know, you, you can't talk too much about America. Listen, if your sons and daughters are good, you can have a healthy pride. There's a healthy pride, not an unhealthy. I'm proud to be an American today. I thank God for this godly nation. There's a, there's a, there's a deep gratitude in my heart. I thank God my children are growing up in this nation. I thank God my little grandchildren are going to grow up in this nation. I'm going to tell you, if you had a choice, you choose this nation. Why? Because of what I'm telling you. We have to defend those rights. We have to stand with those rights. The hope of America being what God covenanted it to be is how we as his people respond to that today. You see, our military, our heroes... The young men and women who have gone around this planet and sacrificed their lives. I salute them today. I salute the families of our veterans and our heroes. I honor them today. That red, white, and blue flag is the greatest symbol of hope on this planet. When that comes in, the Calvary's coming in. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? The, the ungodly are fleeing and the wicked and the cruel are being defeated. The greatest sign of hope for oppressed nations in this planet has been the United States of America. It's flag, it's freedom, the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's never been anything like it. We're still the nation that people love to come to and will do anything to arrive. We're still growing. We're still becoming better and stronger. We're still learning from our mistakes. We're still moving on. You know what we are? We are Christians. We are Christians in this room today. We have an allegiance that is above every other human allegiance. It is to the Word of God. It is to the kingdom of Almighty God. Our culture is Bible culture. Is anybody with me today? Our hope is in the Word of God. Our opportunity to steward this is in our hands right now. You know, because we're Christians, we know what it's like to be forgiven. How many are thankful you know what it's like to be forgiven? Forgiven. How many needed some? How many think you might still need a little bit before this thing winds up? We've been forgiven. And because of that, we understand. Hear me, church family. Don't let anybody steal from you what you have. We know the power of forgiveness. It not only frees the person who hurt us, it frees us from the control of the injustices that were done to us. See, freedom has forgiveness as, 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 as its core. See, the only thing that the past... Let me say this. If your past is not promoting your future, you need to tell it goodbye. I'm going to say it again. If your past is not promoting your future, you need to tell it goodbye. There are only two things that are valuable about the past. Number one, to remind me of the faithfulness of God. If I can look back and say, if he did it then, he'll do it now. Anybody, has he ever done it then for anybody in the house? So I can look past and see the faithfulness of God. If he did it then, he'll do it now. God's been faithful. The only other thing I can do that's productive with my past is if I made a mistake, I'm not going to make that mistake again. If I fell on my face there, then I'm not going to fall on my face again. I love this quote. See if you like it. Trying to hurt me by bringing up my past is like trying to rob my old house. 
<laughs> I don't live there anymore. Come on, somebody. Statement. Trying to hurt me with my past. It's like trying to rob my old house. I don't live there anymore. Listen, and that's not my stuff. You can't get it. You can't hurt me. I'm not in that house. You go do what you do, but it doesn't hurt me. I've moved on. How many have moved on? See, I've moved on. I don't live in that old house. I'm out. I moved on. Come on. How many hear what I'm saying? Some of us need to move on. See, listen to the heart. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I know some of you think it's just going to be a history lesson, but because you stayed, you're getting something, see? But listen to the heart of a real Christian reformer, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who was a pastor, who had formed his ideas of freedom and equality based on the Word of God. I couldn't give all of them, but here's some of his quotes from the I Have a Dream speech. See, see, come on. If you're Christians, you have a dream. You have a dream. I love this. I say to you today, my friends, in spite of the difficulties and frustrations of the moment, I still have a dream. Come on, somebody. I have a dream that one day right there in Alabama, come on, he's prophesied on it. Little black boys and little black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and little white girls as sisters and brothers. Come on, Calvary. Come on, let's celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> See, this didn't come from hatred. It came out of the word and faith, from dreaming to dream. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Preach, MLK. We will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. That's scripture. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. See, he knows where we came from. Dreamers know we came from the Word of God. Live out our creed. We hold these truths. I read it to you. To be self-evident, all men are created equal. Where did that idea come from? Not out of hell. Not out of politics. Not out of racism. Out of the Word of the living God, which is the foundation of who we are. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom. Look at this. By drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. Do I have any more from him? Okay, I got a few more. Now is the time to make justice a reality for all of God's children. We cannot walk alone. As we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall march ahead. We cannot turn back. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. We refuse to believe that the bank of justice is bankrupt. Come on. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. In other words, you can't get to the right place taking the wrong road. That's the dreams of a godly man, of the Bible-believing man, of a nation that is not willing to let go of what God gave us when we started. See, America allows us the freedom to do and be what Jesus did. See, we get to preach salvation here. We get to live that. We get to preach hope. Anybody with me? We declare healing and deliverance and dignity and respect and equality. Look at Acts 10, 38. This is who we are. This is what we do. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And why he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We're good because God is good. If we're great, it's because God is great. We preach 
speaks the word. We do good and we heal those under the power of the devil. I need to tell you something and you need to remember the devil hates America. Because God has blessed America. I learned a long time ago in my life as a believer, I'm going to love what God loves and I'm going to not hate what the devil hates. The devil hates America. He fears our greatness, our goodness, the God who founded us. God has blessed this nation. Look at the church of Jesus Christ. I'm almost done. Hold on. Hot dogs are grilling. Hold on. Look at the church of Jesus Christ. Look what we've done in this nation and around the world. The faith-based initiatives. What does that mean? It's an organization like Convoy of Hope that we partner with. It's not the U.S. government that arrives first. It's not FEMA that gets there first. It's it's, It's not somebody else that gets there first. When there's a catastrophe in America, the first red, white, and blue... 18-wheeler that rolls up on the site as Convoy of Hope, sent by Christian, founded by Christian, preaching the gospel of Jesus to every hurting thing. I've been around the world, and I've never seen a hospital built by an atheist. I've never seen a feeding program sponsored by an atheist. I've never seen compassion given by the agnostic societies of the world. But I have walked through the streets of Calcutta, India. I have been through the garbage dumps of Mexico City. I have walked through the pain of the nation. And when I saw hope and help, it was in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's why God has blessed America. I don't have to argue it. I see it. It's real. It's who we are. See, we get diversity in the kingdom. We understand we're diverse by design. See, he said we're the body of Christ. Every member in particular. We're not supposed to look alike, function alike. But we are supposed to get together. We bring who we are and our uniqueness and our journey and where we've been. And if we can get together and work together, we can be the body of Christ. We can be a message. We model who we are. My friends, the lowest, easiest level to live is to curse the darkness. Anybody can do it. Doesn't take any faith. Doesn't take any hope. Does it require a dream to curse the darkness, to find out only what's wrong? But it's the people of God, men and women of faith, those who know who their God is and why we're here that light the candles in the middle of the darkness. There's plenty curse in the darkness. I'm going to light the candle. There are plenty that have nothing but curses to say on this nation. I'm going to bless America. I'm going to bless what God has blessed. I'm going to preach the word of God. We're going to live the word of God. Anybody curse the darkness. But it takes the church to turn the light on. To preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. To declare the goodness of God. I want to tell you again. Satan hates America. Satan's afraid of America. Hell shudders to think of the potential that abides in this nation. But I say today that God has blessed America and God has blessed his church. I want to say to you today, for the sake of our children, for the sake of our children's children, 
For the sake of our church, for the sake of the nation, we have to rise up strong in our faith today. Stand together in the Word of God and believe that we're here for a purpose. Thomas Paine, one of the early founders, uh, said this. If there, uh, he faced the, the American Revolution and war that was imminent. And listen to this heart. He said, if there must be trouble, let it be in my day that my children may have peace in their day. I say to you today, if we have to get on our knees and fight the word, fight with the word and pray America back to a place of revival, if we have to save the generations coming after us, if we have to fight the war in our day, then I'm glad it's my day. So my children and my children's children will praise and worship the mighty God who made us who we are. I want you to stand with me today. I say God bless America today. I say God's been good to us. I say he's been faithful to us. Say, well, was this a sermon or a speech? You call it what you want to. I'm not running for any office. I'm running for the kingdom. I'm passionate for the kingdom. I want to see the church rise up and be the church. Be the voice that God wants us to be. Church family... If the devil can rob you of who you are, if he can steal where we came from, then he can push us in any direction. But if we know who we are, if we know our God, if we know the potential we have, the opportunities that are in front of us, God can bless this nation with a revival, with an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that will right the wrongs and put us in the right direction. We got to stand together. We got to pray together. We have to believe together, stay on his word together, and allow God to make a difference in our life. I want you to pray with me right now. You know, there's a verse that's resonating in my heart. I didn't put it in my message today, but it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. I want the little children in this nation who don't have a father to find hope and peace. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I pray that the things that divide us can be the walls broken down, the connections made. Where is that going to happen? How is that going to happen? By laws? No. By changed lives. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. If a man hates a man because of the color of his skin, he doesn't need to go to some political correct class he needs to go to the cross where the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom everybody with me you know what we need in America we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit we need heaven to open God to rain down on us when I read my Bible it seems like that happens in places where people get together in unity (laughs) you see why the devil wants to divide us because the only way he conquers us is to divide us The only way he makes any progress is if we fight each other. This is a great nation. Not perfect. God's got a covenant with this house. He's got a covenant with this nation. And at this moment, he's looking for anyone who will rise up and stand with him. Who say, God, I'm here. God, I volunteer. I don't know how long I'll live. And I don't know how long it'll be until Jesus comes back. I don't know about you. Some of you have been thinking about dying for the last 30 years. You need to get up on that lazy boy 
do something for God. Some of the American dream has been stolen. You live your whole life to retire and then you sit down. You retirees got your whole every day, all day long to live for God. You ought to be the leanest, meanest, preaching, praying, devil stomping, God fearing people on the planet. Don't look at me funny. I wasn't born to retire. I was born to blow the doors off of hell, preach the gospel, do what he put us here to do. Every morning when you wake up, there should be an alarm clock that goes off in hell. And the devil says, oh, no, they got up again. Anybody with me? Some of you have been dead from the head up for 30 years. From the neck up. You've been dead for 30 years from the neck up. Every conversation. We got the COVID. I don't have the COVID. COVID doesn't have me. We got inflation. We got blessing. Everybody's so mean. We're, not, we're nice. The joy of the Lord's our strength. Come on. We, ought, we need a revival in the church. We need to get right with God. We need to wake up. And I don't know how, since I got on the old folks, I can talk about them. They're kind of my crowd. Don't you call me that, though. Some of you young folks, when you going to wake up and get going? You're 35 years old. You don't know what you want to do. You had never done anything. Had 14 different majors in college. You got to get out of your mama's house, Evan. I'm leaning on her right now. We need you. We need the generation. We need to wake up and get something going in this nation. We need the church alive. We need to be who God put us on this place to be. Joshua and Caleb were 80 years old and led a whole new generation into the promised land. Come on, we need the new generation. We need the existing generation. We need to rise up and take our moment and believe God. God's not through with us yet. Let's pray. (laughs) Father, we come to you today. We thank you that you blessed America. God, you put us in the most unique nation on the planet. Our opportunities, our our privileges, Lord, are, are boundless and unlimited. And we say to you today, Holy Spirit, stir us up. Holy Spirit, bring a revival. Holy Spirit, do something inside of us. Holy Spirit, wake us up, shake us up, anoint us, fill us, baptize us in your spirit again. God, put us together. I rebuke separation. I bind division. I take authority over lies, accusation, over rejection, inferiority, over finger pointing and name calling. Father God, I ask you today, heal our nation, heal the church. Put the church together. Raise your people up. Set us on fire. Move us in the right direction. God, your word says we're sin abound. Grace does abound. We're not going down. We're going up. We're not getting weaker. We're getting stronger. You said where humanity is weak, your strength is made perfect. We believe we are called for such a time as this. 
We believe you set us here. We believe according to Acts 17, 26, you set every nation in its place and in its time to serve the purpose of God. And here we are. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. We give you thanks. We give you glory. We honor you today, oh God. We trust in you today, oh God. Use us. Bless us. Rain down on us today. And oh Lord, above all things today, thank you that you still love us. Thank you that you still love us. God, we're fallible. We're not perfect. But you are perfect. And you are faithful. And you love us today. God, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We accept the challenge. We embrace the stewardship of the moment. And we say, God, use us. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.